Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a good football show's week 10 waiver wire show. My name is Pat Rain. I'm joined by John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge. We are going to give you all the information you need for your waiver wire pickups this week. Daigle, how you doing? Everything's going well. Fortunately, not a crazy bye week span since it's just the Bears, Bengals, Texans, and Giants. I think we can get around that safely. Also, by this time, a lot of people's bear waiver wires are just that already empty practically and so uh, we're really taking shots trying to find the next best option for either late postseason runs or players to add ahead of the fantasy playoffs yeah i think for the most part the deep cuts are now just the regular cuts yep. uh, as the based on the list that you sent over this week we'll probably get some you know like maybe one or two more like huge waiver wire weeks before leagues kind of come to an end and we get into the playoffs here but this is not one of them i think probably the biggest name is Jordan Howard, who last week surprised us with the amount of usage that he got, but that was in a huge win over the Lions. This a back-and-forth game with the Chargers still being used heavily, still not seeing much gain well. What are your thoughts on Jordan Howard? Howard, surprisingly, for better or worse, however you want to preface it with, uh, separated from Boston Scott, actually, with 17 carries to Scott's 10 in this game. And now we've seen Philadelphia's running backs quietly recording 66 carries over the last two weeks compared to Jalen Hurts' 31 passes in that time. And we should expect that to continue since they're competing like that. They rolled over the Lions with the league's highest run play rate from neutral game scripts in the last month now. And then this past week competed with the Chargers. It turns out uh, their defense is a whole nother issue since Justin Herbert was the fourth quarterback this season to complete over 80% of his passes against them. Nonetheless, they want to be a running team all of a sudden. And so the fact that Nick Sirianni also came out Monday morning and said that he wants Jordan Howard to stay a part of this offense, even when Miles Sanders returns in a couple weeks, I think Howard seems like the one that's actually going to stick. And it's a good matchup against the Broncos' bottom six rush defense and, and football outsiders DVOA metric. So I think you actually have to have a little bit of confidence here in Howard this week. I think that all makes a lot of sense. The notes about the Eagles being run heavy and their their shift to the run, that is not overstating things. Uh, now, they've played three teams that you can run on and in some cases that everyone runs on in the Raiders and the Chargers specifically. I mean, the Chargers are the biggest run funnel in the league. Mm -hmm. The Raiders are a run funnel. 
Detroit has a bad defense and you can beat them however you choose to beat them. But still, over the last three weeks, in pass rate over expected, the Eagles have been minus 13%, minus 16%, and minus 19%. Those are huge, huge rates. Like the the Titans, for example, the most run-heavy team in the league, has a season-long rate of minus 6%. So the Eagles have gone extremely run-heavy over the last few weeks, you know, where we were thinking, you know, Miles Sanders, when he was the lead back early in the season and he's getting like record low carry numbers, we're thinking maybe this isn't a backfield where the early down guy is going to have much value. Now, all of a sudden that's shifted, but it shifted because the Eagles have, have made a real, I think, a determined, you know, they've determined that they want to adjust the way that they are attacking teams. Some of that is because of the teams that they were attacking. That's the right way to attack them. But I, I don't think it's just that. Correct. And like I mentioned, they're going to attack the Broncos like that as well, because that's how you attack the Broncos. I understand that didn't happen with the Cowboys offense, mostly because the Cowboys defense, a poor unit, couldn't stop the Broncos offense at all. And so just the fact that whenever the Broncos would stop them and then turn around and drive the field with ease, killing clock and then also scoring on literally every possession, that's a whole nother monster altogether. That's a that's an anomaly situation. And so, yeah, I think that the Eagles will want to continue this exact attack without Miles Sanders, at least this game, against the Broncos as well. What about, oh, well, let me ask you for, for Howard, like what kind of bids are you putting in for him? It's all remaining fab case by case now, honestly, since your team could be left with, uh, who knows, like some teams have 600 fab left out of 1,000. Some teams have less than 100. Some teams have 200. So it's all case by case. But honestly, if you're looking for and running back immediately you're needy this week like i don't mind a, a very lucrative bid knowing that he's going to barring injury lead this backfield and at least carries so i would still feel confident in 40 to 50 percent of my remaining fab if not significantly higher if you need a win this week yeah i, I don't i don't mind it i think i'm probably on the the lower end of that but certainly defensible I guess the way I think, like, if this was week one, we had our full budget, I'd probably be trying to put in like 150 for him. So, like, 15, 15%. Really? I, I'm, see, I'm the yeah. opposite way. Whereas, like, this is week one, I would just say, oh, they'll weed Howard out. No big deal. But, uh, but now we're at a point where we don't have Miles Sanders and they're saying he's going to stick around and they showed less confidence in Boston Scott and no confidence in Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Sorry. I, what I meant is, like, I'm trying to put my head in, like, the, the you know the percentage thing not the not the it's oh, okay, week okay. one but like the percentage thing so i guess you know but the dollars are worth less now so i'd probably be like around 20 or 30 percent is is uh is how i'm trying to think through the bid but let's get to the browns wide receiver donovan peoples jones we know odell beckham is out of cleveland donovan peoples jones kind of the natural replacement for him is like a deep threat there was some second year breakout hope from him Coming off a nice game. What are your thoughts there? And I'm not really buying into him as a weekly wide receiver three. I think we should pick and choose our matchups because Jarvis Landry still led this team the past three weeks in target share, at least a 25% target share in his three games since returning from injury. But what we saw this past week without Beckham was Landry leading the team with 20 routes. Anthony Schwartz being the second receiver on the outside with 17 routes. And then people's Jones ran 16 routes. Rashad Higgins, only one route after he liked Odell Beckham's dad's photo on Instagram. And so they just canceled him altogether. But people's Jones, deep, very clearly the deep threat, a 60 yard <laughs> touchdown, another 20 plus yard gain before he got 
a little bit banged up at the end, but they didn't need to bring them back anyways. The Patriots game, like this upcoming week, is not one I'd be excited to start him as a wide receiver three, but for the fantasy playoffs, for the run leading up to it, I actually want to pick and choose my spots for sure with Peoples Jones. Even in like another potential shootout with the Ravens, matchups like that, I think he can actually be a great wide receiver three. Peoples Jones is interesting because he was a six round pick, had a very underwhelming college career, but very, very athletic. He's 6'2, 208, classic kind of deep threat, big play guy. And a little bit like Gabriel Davis, where he did get on the field, not to the extent of Davis, but he got on the field and had like a decent role last year. Ran 183 routes. He had a 1.83 yards per route run, which is pretty solid. Small sample, but this year, 1.8 yards per route run. So he's now at a career 1.82. And that's on a decent size sample of 357 routes. So we've seen some interesting, intriguing play from him so far. He's going to be in a bigger role going forward. I do think that he's definitely an interesting add. I guess I... You know, you're talking about picking your spots with them, and I think that makes sense, but it, it's tough. Like, you're going to pick the right spot, and half the time you'll still be wrong because he's kind of got a boom-bust profile. That's exactly it. Even though I do think it is slightly encouraging that his last three games, he had he has performed quite well. At least 70 receiving yards in all three. Uh, lines of 574, 101, and two touchdowns. One, of course, was a Hail Mary, but still. And then uh, this past week, two for 86. So it's going to be spike weeks, and that's why I'm picking him up, honestly. I'm not expecting him to be a weekly contributor. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, let's get to Devontae Freeman, who... I guess is the guy in Baltimore. Tyson Williams completely out of the mix now. So it's down to Le'Veon Bell and Freeman. Freeman seems to be ahead, but Bell's still involved. I actually, on the recap show, as Denny was explaining what these roles look like, I compared the whole backfield to the 2020 Bills backfield with Freeman in the role of Dusty Devin Singletary and Le'Veon Bell in the role of Dusty Zach Moss. Do you uh, see it as a little bit more optimistic than that, given that you that you have them on the pickup list? Pretty much, yes. And we always look for role changes out of the buy, right? Maybe teams switch things up. Since that genuinely, with 14 days off, the only time they can implement new game plans and new roles throughout the week, since most of the time, the six days leading up to kickoff are to instill the game plans for that week. And what we saw was the Ravens eliminating Tyson Williams, even though we don't like that. They eliminated him altogether in this game and leaned on Devonta Freeman for a season high, 58% of Baltimore's backfield touches and 100% all three of the team's running back targets over Tyson and Le'Veon Bell. We don't know when Latavius Murray will return just yet, but do know the Ravens have favorable upcoming matchups against the Dolphins and Bears in their next two weeks. So as long as Freeman continues getting used in a much more significant role over Le'Veon Bell in that span. He is a low-end RB2, RB3 in one of the league's best offenses. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not fun. I think Tyson Williams would be not more fun. fun. But, I mean, you know, if Freeman's not missing pass-blocking assignments and if they came out of the bye and the move was to completely eliminate Tyson Williams from the offense, like, I think that, that probably tells you something about how the bye week went to an extent, right? Because that was Williams' one chance. And I would be less confident in it if Le'Veon Bell even got like a single target because that would tell us at least that they may be splitting that role, but they're not. It's all Freeman. Yeah. What kind of bids were you looking to put in for Freeman? So Freeman, it's tricky because we are pretty much waiting on Latavius Murray to return. He hasn't Mm -hmm. practiced just yet since he suffered his initial injury, so we don't know the timeline. Not put on injured reserve either, and so you would think 
he would be close, especially since they just returned from their bye, but nonetheless still seems behind. And so I would go over the top of a Jordan Howard bid, thinking that as long as Murray's out, like this is still a workhorse that is going to see targets as well. Since, you know, Jordan Howard, Gainwell, Boston Scott, not a single one of them recorded even one target this past week, especially like now that Jalen Hurts played a full game and only threw 17 times. That's not a lot enough volume to go around as Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard continue hoarding the targets all to themselves. So I would have been more for sure on Freeman, but what that is, uh, it's probably in the similar range of just what you need yep. a running back. Again, Fab is just so hard now that everyone is everyone's roster is literally case by case. So I would still be confident in a in a forty to fifty percent. You said thirty to forty percent. I'd go over that, for instance, for a player like Freeman. You said that about Howard. Howard. I'm curious where yeah. you come in at on Freeman. I come in similar on Freeman, but I I agree that I'm probably prioritizing Freeman more often, but. I think, you know, the case-by-case case thing is so true. I think generally, if you have a need for a running back over the next, like, week or two, I would be way more interested in Howard than Freeman. I think with Freeman, you're kind of thinking, like, I just need another body in the mix here. Like, I've got, you know, I'm thinking about starting Naheem Hines occasionally. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, throwing in some of these other, like, you know, you, you were chasing Jeremy McNichols last week and that doesn't seem like it's going to lead to a ton. So like, if you just kind of need guys on the bench that you can mix in for the rest of the season into the playoffs, then I think it makes sense to go after Freeman. If you feel like, okay. And you're just trying to fill a bye week I'm actually, I'm more interested in Howard willing to put him in the starting lineup and then throw him back if needed, if that makes sense. Naheem Hines, by the way, you hit on, if he's a free agent as well, like you got to scoop him up. That, oh, yeah. Marlon Mack, that Marlon Mack healthy scratch was hot. Like the moment I saw that in active list on Thursday, we just ran to all FFPC teams and jammed in Naheem Hines everywhere. He's now averaged 12 touches in the three games that Marlon Mack hasn't played. And I know some people mentioned Mack snaps in games, thinking like those numbers should not be separated from the Naheem Hines games since there are games where Mack has played like five or fewer snaps. But what you don't understand, always add context, clearly. It's that like, on those five snaps, he was still getting three to five touches, and those touches were not coming from Jonathan Taylor. They were taking right. away from Naheem Hines. And now, if he's just going to get healthy scratch, that no longer is happening. Jordan Wilkins also waved a couple weeks ago. So there are only two backs, and you see that they have no issues using Naheem Hines in both roles whenever Marlon Mack is healthy scratch. So he's a strong RB2, even in standard leagues, for as long as Mack is out of the picture. Yeah, that's that's a great point. He's also good, you know, I think... Uh, it's like one of the, it's like a Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott situation, except like Jonathan Taylor is even better than Zeke right now. So it's like, he's got no chance. I think, you know, maybe he's not quite as good as Pollard, but either way, he, he's never going to have a chance to challenge, but on another team, he'd easily be the best running back. I think anyone who tells the media that before every punt return, they whisper to themselves, I don't care about my life. That's my favorite player in the league. <laughs> I didn't know he did that. My favorite player. Um, Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Let's get to uh, deep cuts. I'm going to tee you up here with a with a comment from Ari here asking if we see De- Deontay Foreman taking the lead back role over AP at some point seemed like the better runner. I know you've got him on the list on the deep cuts, but let's let's run through those deep cuts. Well, last week I mentioned that Adrian Peterson, I still expect to lead in carries and touches and inside the 10 in particular, and that's basically where he was used. Jeremy Nichols played 26 snaps to Peterson's 19 on Sunday night, and that was in Peterson's first game, who, remember, they promoted 24 hours even before they brought up Deontay Foreman. First game as active in place of Derrick Henry. Deontay Foreman played just 12 snaps, and Foreman did look good, but I still just wonder genuinely, like, how much they're actually going to play him over Adrian Peterson. They seem more than content just running him out there. And so I don't think Foreman's going to take over that role, but I definitely think he's worth a pickup. Uh, If you just happen to miss out on the dollar pickup, you probably should have made last week. I mentioned that in the deep player notes last week as well for Deontay Foreman. I wouldn't go too heavily, though, on Foreman. What are your thoughts on the situation? I think he's a great cheap ad. I would not chase what we saw. You know, you want to keep, you know, regardless of how much you have, I think you want to keep it to like $10 out of a thousand and under. Uh, but at that price, yeah, I think it's fine. He's a guy that I think he tore his Achilles early in his career, but big size speed guy coming out and has never really stuck. The Titans had him on the roster, I believe last year. He was getting snaps in kind of a McNichols split backup role, mm-hmm. but McNichols uh, clearly passed him. So, I don't see him like challenging. He's late enough in his career that he's probably not going to turn on an element he hasn't shown in the past, but he is competing against a very old Adrian Peterson at this point. And he is a big back. He's a huge man and also probably 15 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry, but he is kind of in the Derrick Henry mold of a, a big two down runner. That's true, but also I just don't see them removing Adrian Peterson from that goal line role. Uh, they I, love I don't either. Yeah, they yeah. love some Adrian Peterson. So I still think that's the player you want. And then Jeremy Nichols. But other deep cuts. Uh, if Devin Singletary was dropped anywhere, Zach Moss now injured. We don't know the extent of the injury, but Singletary still handling 13 touches to Moss's five, including every backfield touch in a game that Tywan Jones was active for after Moss left injured. We know that Matt Brito will also probably be active if Moss is out. So I think he is also worth dabbling for $1 this week because the Bills can't keep doing this, right? They are now presented with the Chiefs challenge and teams are not going to let them throw deep. They'll play too high on them until the Bills answer. They're going to have to run the ball. As poor as the Chiefs are playing, at least they're running the ball really well. And that's how they're winning games because that's at least helping them move the chains and just continue drives. Uh, The Bills have to find a different answer rather than letting Josh Allen drop back against too high because it's not going well right now. Also, Eno Benjamin, not expecting them to have any significant role whatsoever. They are going to lean on James Conner heavily. But again, 
we've picked up so many backs because they were contingency players. They were one injury away from becoming big deals. And so I'm just picking up, you know, Benjamin trying to thinking that just in case James Conner gets injured in place of Chase Edmonds, then that's who we're going to, you know, Benjamin, you know, discouragingly healthy scratched at times this year behind Jonathan Ward also had just one touch until his 21 yard touchdown. And by that time you look up and they're up 37 and they just give them the carries for the rest of the fourth quarter. So that's pretty much happened with him. Yeah. Well, you know, Benjamin, I mean, he's probably not going to happen, but I think he's good. And so you like, I'm always tempted to just go after the guys who you had good college profiles, Mm -hmm. look good. Anytime we've seen them looked, looked good on that run. He's probably a contingent value play that won't even hit if Connor goes down because they're probably just ride Ward or they'll sign someone like Jordan Howard and Mm -hmm. he'll turn into the gain well of the situation. But I think he's good and he's shown well. So very much worth the cheap at. Yeah, I definitely think he's, he's a great pickup, obviously not starting him. You're just seeing if Connor gets injured because Connor also has been good. A majority of his fantasy points, of course, have derived from touchdowns. But, you know, when given the opportunity, he has found the end zone. He's looked great this year. Brandon Bolden, also with both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson banged up. We don't know the extent of their injuries on Monday night as well. But it would only be Bolden and J.J. Taylor. In that case, they would ride Bolden as they've shown they will. So I'll be more than happy picking up Bolden. Also, if you're that desperate and want to go J.J. Taylor because he's going to be active as the number two, Feel free to do that. Wherever Mark Ingram is available, probably not in many leagues, honestly, but we've seen now his touch share grow. He handled over 50% of the team's backfield touches in the second game with New Orleans. And we've seen Kamara's touch share just drop significantly the past two weeks, progressively decrease in both games with Mark Ingram. So Ingram is actually a pretty big deal after 14 touches this past game. Carlos Hyde, unsurprisingly, Urban Meyer, we know, recruited him to Ohio State. So, of course, he's not going to look anywhere else, even in a game with Dare Ngombuale active again. Hyde handled 22 of 24 backfield touches and plays with James Robinson. And so we'll see how close James Robinson is this upcoming week as well. It also, at this time, helps to pick up these players who their bye weeks are already through. And so, like, you're basically just playing it week to week with them. And I don't mind that if Hyde is still out there anywhere. Jamal Agnew, if he's out there anywhere still, Uh, He is the Jaguars' number one receiver, whether we like it or not. He can't catch a wide-open end zone target to score a touchdown. It's not true. Their number one wide receiver is Dan Arnold. Uh, That's that's true as well. Even though (laughs) Urban Meyer is contending this since Agnew's target share is 0.5% higher than Arnold's in the last four games without (laughs) DJ Shark. I would drop – you could push back here. I don't think this is a hot take, though. Uh, I would drop LaVisca Chenault for, for Jamal Agnew. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't think it's a hot take at all. I would drop both of them, to be honest. I don't think Agnew's shown... Like, he's gotten some end zone targets. He dropped one uh, this past week. He was wide open. He he dropped it. He outright dropped it. They went to him on a fourth and two, which was, I believe, like a 23-yard gain. That was pretty nice. But, like, Trevor Lawrence is not doing anything. I know he was against the Bills last week. and But, honestly, the best throw of the game was by C.J. Beathard this awful duck that he just like floated up somehow. It looked like it was like riding an elevator up. And then it just like floated down to Dan Arnold on the sideline who made a really nice catch. Like that was the best throw. <laughs> all the they, other they throws were worse. They won that game. Yeah. That's why we are never speaking of week nine ever again. What a slate yeah. of games. I would drop Brian Edwards for Deshaun Jackson, who will no doubt be more serviceable than Brian Edwards. You just got to get him off your roster. What are you doing at this point? Um, Jackson, of course, expected to sign with the Raiders. If he hasn't already signed, I think it's Tuesday is when he's allowed to officially sign. And so I would want him for 
a fantasy postseason run. I can see him filling in as a flex, as a deep option, like running as many routes as Edwards on the outside. And then Tyler Conklin has back-to-back seven target games, target shares of 21 and 25% the past two weeks. Now a friendly up-tempo matchup against the Chargers. So one of the strongest tight end streamers, even though we are getting Dan Arnold, Pat Fryermuth, uh, we'll see what happens with Noah Fant. There are some like players like that on that level, but Tyler Conklin seems to be a good pickup this week as well. Wow, I did not think you were going to mention Noah Fant in the the same breath as uh, Pat Firemuth, but <laughs> I know I just crazy said, season. Let's we'll see what happens with him. Let's we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, okay. Even though the one game he played with Alberto back was not promising, but let's we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's suddenly crowded in Denver. Deshaun Jackson, I think maybe shouldn't be on the deep cuts actually. Like given how the like, cute he. he was pretty good uh, in lim- very, very limited work Yeah, uh, in LA. And it's like, Hey, if you need a, a guy who's going to fill in for a week or two, I like, I'd, I'd feel much more comfortable starting to Sean Jackson. Probably. I want to give it a week and see how big of a role, if they have him in like a, a very minor role, like the Rams did, that's going to stink. But I could see myself in two or three weeks wanting to start Deshaun Jackson a lot more than DPJ. Okay, that's exactly what I was about to ask. Uh, I could see that as well. We also know Derek Carr is still tough. Well, never mind. We're going to skip it because I'm not not aware of the stat off the top of my head and I can't search for it in time. So the video will just freeze. So screw it. You're going to pick up Deshaun Jackson. The stats will be in the column. And remember, three-pronged attack. Overnight, I will have the rankings up for everyone plus the drop list and everything. You will see LaVisca Schnault on there. And then after that, the blurbs before lunch. So you can take your lunch. Uh, if you still have a commute, go hide in the bathroom and read the waiver column. And then player notes. Most of them should be done before the chat, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. If not, it'll all be done afterwards for a final sweep since I take questions from the chat because I don't realize players are actually still free agents in so many people's leagues. So three-pronged attack. Also, Kyle Dvorak and myself are also doing a tournament recap video now. It's on NBC nice. Sports Edge YouTube page. It'll be up every Monday morning for you. It's there now. You can go check that out. If you also played Burrow double stacks and just want to be laughed at. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, I, I want to take a couple questions here uh, that I saw that were interesting. One on Kadarius Tony. If you look at Kadarius Tony and just like add, you know, like a full four games of routes based on what he's done so far, and then just look at his yards per route run, assuming he just goose eggs for four straight weeks, he still has like a pretty strong yards per route run. So, like, if you're thinking, if you're trying to think ahead of like, kind of what the market's going to be on this guy for keepers dynasty, that type of stuff, but also just like checking yourself after he just had a bad game. This could ultimately look like a blip in given how strong his season's been so far. It, it could be that what we've seen before last week was a mirage, but I still think at this point we should lean towards thinking he'll recover. And it also sounds like Sterling Shepard's injury is a long-term one. And so I, I actually expect them to return from the bye without Shepard. And Tony's still in that role now 14 days recovered from his ankle foot. He's battling so many injuries. Yep. And then I uh, had another question here about Jamar Jefferson and Jarrett Patterson. Both those guys actually now have have already had their bye in the rearview mirror. They're both kind of interesting, like contingent value, like very kind of deep end of the roster churn it out see you know see if anything happens that week guys but i think both are very interesting the only issue with jamar jefferson that i'm concerned about and that's why i've I've bumped him down the past couple weeks in the contingency top 10 is because not only has godwin 
Igwebuke been active over him without Jamal Williams before the bye, Godwin I was active, and they just split touches and garbage time between the two. So I, I genuinely don't even think it's only Jamar Jefferson. Like in these situations, mm-hmm. I just think it's mostly DeAndre Swift in a competitive game. And if the game gets significantly out of hand, like it did against the Eagles, like Jefferson can't even claim garbage time for himself. So I'm, I'm actually pretty worried about Jefferson if you're stashing him somewhere. Okay. Uh, and then Patterson's interesting because coming out of the bye, we could see like a further decline for Antonio Gibson, which is going to be breaking my heart, but I think it's possible. I would stash Patterson if you haven't already or if he was dropped across the bye. But I do wonder if that one game, the last time we saw them, just a lifeless performance against the Broncos, I believe it was, if that was just like, hey, we got to get to the bye like healthy. Like we just got to get the hell out of here because nothing is going right. And so I do wonder if they were just like, padding it because remember Antonio Gibson was a full practice that Friday and then received few as many touches as JD McKissick and Jarrett Patterson with 11 each I don't know if that was a concerted game plan I don't know if that was just trying to get out into the buy and get everyone healthy like completely healthy so I'll be at least curious to see what happens I don't have that much confidence in Patterson but sure if he's still available to stash anywhere do that and then really quickly we talked about this behind the scenes you read in the waiver wire last week that Brandon Ayuk was my number one wide receiver pickup. We we did it. We talked about it at the Tuesday chat. I got yelled at by a lot of people, but I just said like the usage behind the scenes was so good. Just like last week to run a route on 97% of Garoppolo's dropbacks, a season high 25% target share. That's what I was banking on. So I didn't put Ayuk on the drop list. And now like he's a good pickup if someone did drop him. So just check your waivers and make sure he's there. Yep. And shout out to Mike Leone who uh, took down the Thunderdome with Brandon Ayuk in his lineup. Sometimes being a week early uh, feels a little uncomfortable, you know. If you if you're getting yelled at, if you're the one of the people yelling at Daigle for suggesting a a fifty thousand winning dollar wide receiver, uh, you know, maybe and just understand sh- that sometimes it's uncomfortable to be right. And shout out to me for late swapping to Brandon Ayuk and still winning absolutely nothing. <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> I also had a lot of them and didn't win. I didn't even win all my entries back, so you know, it's uh, it's tough out there. Sometimes, but, uh, sometimes it doesn't pay to be early. <laughs> I wish I was early on more stuff than just Brandon Ayuk. That's really what it is. <laughs> but thanks, guys, and uh, check out the waiver wire article. Uh, we will be back next week at halftime, as always, for week 11. Thanks for watching. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.